everybody, and welcome to the 1853 podcast of Monmouth College. I'm Dwayne Bonifer in the Monmouth College Office of Communications and Marketing, and this is the 1853 podcast, a weekly program we produce throughout the academic year in which we tell you about the people, events, programs, and history that make Monmouth an outstanding national liberal arts college. In this 31st edition of season number six, we're going to visit with the Monmouth College Sports Information Director, Nathan Beliva. Nathan is the voice of Fighting Scots Athletics, and he's the person who oversees MammothScots.com, your official home on the World Wide Web for all things Fighting Scots related. Nathan is going to look back on the 2021-2022 school year in Mammoth College Intercollegiate Athletics. That's the year when things started to almost feel normal again. Nathan Beliva was named Mammoth Sports Information Director on March 5th, 2021. Of course, that's when the world was in the middle of the COVID-19 pandemic, so there wasn't a lot of sports to cover that spring. But that hasn't been the case in 2021-2022. Although reminders of the pandemic lingered throughout the season, this school year did start to feel a little more normal when it came to intercollegiate athletic competition. Players returned to playing nearly a full schedule, and fans returned to watching them in person in just about every contest. Nathan says it was a good feeling to get back closer to a normal environment for college athletics. Yeah, you know, being able to get things kind of back to normal as far as practices go and games, there were still obviously some, um, you know, some issues that were had both for us and for other teams that change games and sometimes games changed on the day of because either us or another team didn't pass enough COVID tests and, and based off of conference and NCAA rules and uh, enough players you know available so things were somewhat back to normal not fully I don't know if we will ever be back to fully or you know if that's something that'll happen this year um, you know having fans in the stands was very nice to have again um, and, and seeing that support for sports whether it was parents it was the local community even when other teams fans would would come to games you know it gives that full-on atmosphere that we didn't have uh, at least for me in the in the fall of 21 or the spring of 21 when it was just quiet and it was just you know a handful of students at, at a softball game or a baseball game and and they were still even kept out in the outfield um, at that point so uh, you know I know for the coaches for the student athletes getting things back to you know what they what they've been used to as far as practices really helped and to be able to get on that practice schedule and to get the games and and yeah there were some some hiccups along the way but I think for the most part um, you know it, it was good we were able to get things um, you know run through every season went through to its completion we didn't have to um, you know stop a season and, and didn't have to have uh, basketball had a, a two-week break in there in January January when when we had some campus issues and um, there were some league issues too because I think there were four or five teams that were shut down right after the Christmas holidays so um, but that was it the other sports seemed to to go through pretty um, pretty flawless with, with everything and hopefully that'll continue to go now um, you know into the summer into the fall as more students are vaccinated and um, you know a new a new group of freshmen come in which will I know present its own challenges but hopefully um, you know as a society we've 
we've learned and, and we can we can keep moving forward. Let's look back on the season, starting with uh, fall sports season. Of course, uh, football is a big part of that, but uh, several other teams as well had a good fall. Yeah, uh, you know, there's going to be a theme here for whether it's fall, winter, or spring, and and I guess it's fitting as we roll into the July here in the uh, 50th anniversary of Title IX that the most successful programs uh, on this campus uh, were the female programs in, in all three, uh, fall, winter, and spring. So, um, you know, we, we got to start there in the fall with volleyball. They made it to the conference tournament for the first time since 2012. Um, Kaylee Woodard was the, the newcomer of the year. Uh, um, had a great argument for player of the year in the conference. Probably should have been uh, all region as well. Um, Carly Drish was the Elite 20 winner for academics in the conference. And, uh, you know, they had a great run. Pulled off a big upset against Lake Forest on the road uh, right at the beginning of October and, and, and really hit their stride. Unfortunately, ran into a very tough Cornell team on Cornell's court. And they won the conference yet again um, and went and represented us in the NCAA tournament. But, um, you know, a great run there. The women's soccer team fell just one goal shy of, of doing the same and making the conference tournament with that tough one goal loss to Lawrence uh, on the last game of the season kept them in fifth place and and not in the tournament. Um, you know, you mentioned football. It was great to get all the fans back out of football games and to get that going again and uh, had a had a very nice season. Lost the opener to Wartburg ran off a handful of wins in a row and then um, you know ran into a really good Lake Forest team here uh, at home and lost that one and finished up at 8-2 and two, beating Knox for the 23rd year in a row at the end of the year so uh, you know Lake Forest is going to be tough again this year they got a lot coming back um, in Chicago it was almost a three-way tie which would have been I think down to like the fourth or fifth tiebreaker the way things had planned out if I remember correctly from all those week of emails in November for all the scenarios that could have happened so a very competitive uh, conference uh, there at the top, there were some teams that were improved. Obviously, nobody had played in two years, so there were a couple of uh, of improved squads out there as well. It'll be fun to watch to see how they progress uh, now into the future. Cross country had a couple all conference selections, uh, you know, out of, out of there, and 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 so did did men's soccer. And then um, you know, so overall, fall was fall was good. And then we went right into winter. Um, you know, that transition swimming swimming diving kind of overlaps both and and kind. Kind of gives a, a smooth transition into it, but we had that Saturday at home with uh, uh, football against Knox, uh, swim meet with uh, I think four schools here, including us, so three other schools here, and then we also had the the basketball opener uh, on the women's side as well for Coach Jones. And again, uh, you know the women were fantastic; they got things going early. Um, and and uh, same thing kind of happened; they beat Lake Forest, uh, come from behind to beat Lake Forest on the road, and, and then just kind of rolled right through the next handful of games. Beat I. See, um, had had a couple wins. Um, you know, going into winter break, then had the two week pause coming out of winter break. So it was almost a full month, uh, between games for, for the women. Um, but they, they got things going again and got some wins. And, um, unfortunately just one, one good team and Rippin who, who beat us three times and the third was in the championship game, but had it down to a five point game with just a few minutes left. Josie Morgan was conference player of the year. Um, you know, Caitlin Osmolsky was on the, the second team and just some really good talent for coach Jones and, and, 
and overall great season for them. And, um, you know, Jordan Metcalf made the all-conference for the, the men's side. Uh, swimming and diving had some records, school records broken uh, by Jalen Sellers and Brooke McCormick. Again, female athletes doing a great job. Uh, they broke those records at the conference meet in, in Grinnell. And um, then we rolled right into spring. Men's lacrosse got us started. They're kind of the overlap there um, along with indoor track, which, um, you know, kind of runs. I, it, it's weird for indoor track because they start in January and they then they're the last sport to go kind of into late May. Um, but Jordan Peckham and Kareem LaWall indoor winning um, performers of the year, uh, getting a bunch of conference titles there as is, is, is individuals. Lacrosse got a, a nice win to start their season here. And uh, we saw Jeff Knapp uh, break a bunch of bunch more school records. And, and then Kane Donahue set the school record for most goals in a season. Um, and then we turned to softball and, and you know, they they um, struggled early uh, and, and had a win in Florida and came back home um, and, and really just took off. You know, they they swept Ripon at home, swept Lawrence at home, split with Grinnell with a walk off win um, and just got out in front and nobody could catch them. And it, it was fun to watch um, their confidence grow as the season went along and um, to make the conference tournament for the first time in six years and have some big wins there for them. Um, you know, baseball struggled at the beginning, then got things going. I think if, you know, Coach Paterni and I talked about at the end of the year, if there had been two more weeks, we might have been able to run down that last spot because we were playing playing well, um, you know, there towards the end. But it just seemed like it was, you know, one one player, one inning in, in each game that kept them, um, you know, from getting some of those key wins against Cornell, um, where we lost the third game against Grinnell, who who swept us. And that ended up being the, the difference, that and the, the, the last game lost to Beloit. So, um, um, you know, just kind of one play or one inning away in a bunch of different games. Um, and then lacrosse, I mentioned them. They they finished the game shy of making the conference tournament. Had some big moments with Kane Donahue and Jeff Knapp. Um, had a bunch of individual award winners there. And and then um, and then track takes off as well. And, and they do a, a great job and, and, and win. Coach Haynes, another Coach of the Year award on the women's side. Another conference title on the women's side. Jordan Peckham won a couple more individual events. And... Uh, uh, was track performer of the year at the outdoor tournament as well. Reed Wilson went on to nationals, finished ninth in the pole vault. Um, and uh, we also had an upset win in tennis, Brendan Gunther making it all the way to the finals in number two singles. So, um, you know, overall for, for each sport, uh, you know, pretty pretty good years. Had all conference selections uh, up and down the list everywhere. Men's golf over in the Slyak as well. Um, you know, with Ryan Pruzak getting all conference. So, um, you know, had some some good performances up and down uh, the, the entire arsenal of of our sports. You're listening to the 1853 podcast. I'm Dwayne Bonifer in the Monmouth College Office of Communications and Marketing. We're talking with the voice of Monmouth College Athletics, Nathan Beliva. Of course, some of the biggest athletics news of the year came in May. That's when legendary and highly decorated Monmouth track and field coach Roger Haynes announced that he was stepping away from coaching and focusing all of his time on running the college's growing athletics program. For the last 14 years, Roger has been both a head coach and an athletics director. Yeah, the uh, the transition for for Coach Haynes for Coach Woodard and uh, you know had, had been uh, you know been in the works and and, and moving things through there. Um, you know, Coach Haynes is uh, I know he said last week on the WREM interview. Um, you know, has been been juggling a whole lot. You know, is being the full time AD for you know fourteen years and also being the track coach and 
trying to win multiple conference titles and, and, and take care of the student athletes on the track team, but also taking care of everything in the best interest for, uh, you know, for Monmouth, both as a college and as an athletic department. Um, there's coaches coming and going. We have a lot of young coaches um, that are that are on staff now. And, and it's it's I know it'll be nice for him to be able to to tutor and, and to mentor, uh, you know, some of those younger coaches. We've got a couple more now ready to fill. Brian Jordan, our tennis coach, just left to, to go work. Uh, you know, at a, at a private country club, teaching lessons up in the Chicago area. Um, so there will be a new tennis coach coming in, and, and uh, you know that's that's another spot where to go out and hire. We've got some assistant coaches that are new. Uh, we've got some assistant coaches still to be hired. Um, so it, you know that fills it up. And I know you know just from watching him for the last year plus now, um, especially everything with COVID. I mean, half the time you go down there and he's on a Zoom meeting for something, whether it's COVID with uh, with the college or it's COVID with the conference or it's NCAA or it's rules and different things like that. And, um, you know, there are a lot of times where, you know, those would go up right against practice or they would go over practice. And, um, you know, then he'd need to go talk to another team about rescheduling, um, you know, a softball game or a baseball game. Weather obviously is an impact on some of those events. And you're doing that while trying to, to coach. It's so difficult. I know that, that um, you know, it'll, it'll be uh, a little different for him having been coaching now since the uh, – you know, the mid eighties and, and all the success he's had. And, uh, coach Woodard has been here, uh, one way or another since 1993 as a student, um, you know, and then as a, as a part-time assistant coach, then as a full-time assistant coach, um, you know, helping to run Trotter in the field house and, being the strength and conditioning coach for all the other teams as well, assistant coach on cross country, um, you know, so so for him to, to be the director of the running programs, um, you know, is, is great to watch. He's my neighbor there in the office, so we chat quite a bit in, uh, with, with everything there, and, and I know he's excited to, um, you know, to get started to be able to do that July 1, you know, moving forward. But, yeah, it'll be be quite the transition. It'll be interesting to, to watch how it all, uh, you know, unfolds. But I, I think, you know, Coach Haynes is, a, is – just one hat with the athletic director is gonna is gonna mean big things uh, for Monmouth, for all of us here in the office, for this college campus uh, as a community. I think it's gonna be big things because I, I think that having him mentoring um, the younger coaches, myself, even the older coaches that have been here that already look up to him, that have you know been here working with him for a long time, whether it's Coach Braun or Coach Paterni, Coach Russell, um, some of the other Coach Scrivseth, who's um, now the, the longest tenured head coach. If you take out, you know, Coach Haynes as being a head coach. Um, you know, I, I think a lot of people, you know, have learned from him and, and look up to him, and, and I'm, it, it's going to be fascinating to see how it works. Looking back on 21-22, what stands out for you as some of the more memorable moments or memorable achievements? Yeah, I think there was a, a handful of them. I, I think it started in the fall with, with Corbin Personette breaking the sack record. You know, every week we were kind of watching, hey, how many's he got? How many's he going to get today? Um, you know, different, different things there and, and, and running that out of the press box and, and watching him just kind of terrorize defense or offensive lines and, uh, going after the quarterback. So I think that's one that, that definitely jumps out. Um, you know, Josie Morgan in the season that she had getting to watch a lot of those games at home, uh, was great watching the way that team shot the ball and they would catch fire hitting hitting threes from different people and and different players and, and watching a lot of those um, you know those games go down uh, was a whole lot of fun uh, for sure uh, softball had a, a walk-off win two of them in a row actually here at home that, that were definitely fun to watch um, you know and then 
watching games from afar and, and watching streams and different things like that. I mean, watching Jordan Peckham runs a whole lot of fun to do. Um, you know, unfortunately, we only have the two meets, one indoor and one uh, outdoor here at home. And, and I'm usually running around doing a whole bunch of other things. Um, but I did make sure to stop and watch uh, the, her, her outdoor race here at, at the end of the year. Uh, we actually were, were getting it on Instagram for uh, for the for the Mammoth Scott's account. Um, so, it, it, you know, that was a lot of fun to, to watch her do that the other thing for me that's fun is just taking part in the uh the senior days and um you know i i don't pa or mc them all because we have pa people who have been doing specific sports all year like with with when brian jordan would do football and in both basketballs and then jake rathgeb who works for me did baseball all year so i wasn't gonna you know take away the senior day from him and have him do that but um whether i'm down there to uh record it on uh on the phone um whether i'm down there just to kind of shake hands and make sure they're in the right order um which is what i did for for football um or um doing it on PA. It's, it's a lot of fun to do that, to watch them, to be out there with their families, to celebrate as a team. I think the only one I missed this year was men's lacrosse because we had two at the same time um, and and I was out at, at baseball and, and not at men's lacrosse. So I think that's the only one of all of them that we did that, that I missed. So it's, it's, it's a lot of fun to do that and look forward to continuing to do those. Who knows what the world will be like in 2022-2023 school year, but what are you looking most forward to next season? I think for me, it's, it's seeing how some of the teams that um, finish strong how they take that next step forward. You know, obviously we're going to have a different group of people. We do have some kids that are coming back for a fifth year, and some of those are in some some big spots in, in familiar names to um, to Monmouth fans. But I think you know, watching you know volleyball, they made that they made that big bump now two years in a row um, under Coach Tebow slash Coach Butler as she got married in in April. So still getting used to saying Coach Butler for her, but. Um, you know, do they make that next step and win a conference game? Um, you know, women's basketball is going to have a bunch of new faces because they, they, they lose four seniors, um, you know, off, off of that team. But, um, you know, women's soccer got right back into it at the end of the year. They were playing their best soccer at the end of the year. So do they make that next step and, and get into the conference uh, tournament there? Softball, we, we just talked about how they made it for the first time in six years and, and same thing. Now, you know, they go back and, and do it again. Um, so for, so that's that step for, for some of those teams. And some of the other teams are in are in transition. So, uh, you know, what do we see out of them? And, and then, you know, football um, lost to Lake Forest. So got to go to Lake Forest this year and going to have a chip on the shoulder so uh, Lake Forest came down here ruined our season last year our turn to go up there and ruin their season at Lake Forest so I think if you're circling one game on the schedule anywhere that's not a Knox game it's that football game at Lake Forest um, you know just to see how we respond how we react there's going to be a lot of players back on both teams uh, and that game got very very chippy at the end of the year here last year in October so I think if there's one specific game that you're looking for it's that the other thing I'm looking forward to is we host the cross country uh, conference championships out at Gibson Woods at the uh, at the end of October. Um, so looking forward to putting all that together and, and working that because that'll be something a, a little bit different for me. That's Mammoth Sports Information Director Nathan Beliva. He's the voice of Fighting Scots Athletics, as well as the person who is in charge of MammothScots.com, your official home on the World Wide Web for all things Fighting Scots related. 
Be sure to visit MamaScots.com to sign up for Scott Scoop. That's a terrific e-newsletter that Nathan then produces about Monmouth College athletics. During the school year, it's published weekly, and during the summer months, it's published on a monthly basis. And when you visit MamaScots.com, you can also follow the plethora of social media platforms that Nathan employs to keep folks informed about the latest happenings in Fighting Scots Athletics. That's going to be a 30 for this 31st edition of Monmouth College's 1853 podcast of the 2021-2022 school year. You can tell us what you think about this podcast by firing off an email to us at news at monmouthcollege.edu. Be sure to put podcast in the subject line. Until our next podcast, this is Dwayne Bonifer in the Monmouth College Office of Communications and Marketing. Thanks so much for listening. So long, everybody. Have a nice day and stay healthy.